Welcome to A Year on Tour with Wittinghus. Here's your host, Hans Christian Wittinghus. We start off with a big round of applause as we have reached a big milestone. 25,000 downloads of the podcast. All thanks to you, fantastic listeners. I'm both proud and honored that you all find some value in this little project of mine, so a huge thanks to all of you from me. Today I also owe a special thanks to Vera, my newest patron, and of course my 17 other loyal patrons who support the podcast each month. Without your support, the podcast wouldn't keep going at the rate it currently is. And as some of you are now thinking you want to support as well and help me reach my current goal of getting to 25 patrons, you can do so easily by signing up at patreon.com slash or just send me a message and I'll pass you the direct link. Now, what better way to celebrate 25,000 downloads than by giving you an episode that in my modest opinion is one of the most interesting to date. I hope you'll agree in an hour from now. They say that behind every great man, there's a great woman. But in the case of my guest today, it's the exact opposite. My guest is the man behind Olympic and world champion, Carolina Marin. He's the man responsible for putting Spain on the badminton map. And he's in my eyes, one of the most interesting coaches around in the world of badminton. It's of course, none other than Fernando Rivas. Welcome to the show, Fernando. Thank you very much. And thank you for your kind words. And my pleasure, my pleasure. How's life in Spain at the moment? Well, it's uh, getting very difficult now in Madrid uh, because uh, COVID is uh, rising again. Uh, it's uh, apparently out of control. All the politicians are saying that um, yeah, they are trying to, to set up new uh, uh, measures and very uh, actually radical to, uh, to control the, the, the pandemic. Um, but uh, we had the feeling that we never know what, what, what's happening exactly. So um, there's a lot of uh, uncertainty here in, in Madrid. Um, to, today we will know more about that, uh, but apparently they are even considering a lockdown in Madrid, um, so um, we're quite worried about that. Yeah, I imagine because your national training center is in Madrid, right? Yes, but uh, they have a protocol uh, to, um, to make the lockdown with all the athletes inside uh, and uh, isolate them from, like, make a big bubble uh, like uh, the, the NBA did, uh, all right. but um, let's see how, how that works. Yeah, all right. So you will know more after after today. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. all right. I also, I don't want to talk too much uh, COVID. We want this to be a positive uh, podcast. So yes. <laughs> let's, let's just uh, get started with the, the first of the uh, three topics I've uh, prepared for you today. Um, I want to talk to you about the uh, yeah, your coaching philosophy. Uh, but before getting into that, I think it's important also for the listeners to get a bit more about your, your background. Because we see... Mm-hmm. A lot of coaches on the world tour that are former players uh, mm-hmm. at the highest level. Uh, so people kind of know them and or at least they feel like they know them in some way. But you, you were never a player at the highest level, at world-class level. So what no. is kind of your, your background getting into uh, coaching at, at this level? Well, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm proud to say that I was... Uh average player in Spain uh, at that time, which is actually uh, a not good player in, in, the, in the world stage, you know, because um, 
I started when I was 11. It was kind of leisure, one of the activities out of the, the school. And um, of course, we didn't have a, a knowledge about like, coaching. We didn't have knowledge about um, uh, tactics. What happened is that the, what was the leading country uh, when I started badminton? It was China, it was Indonesia. So we, what, what, there was a, an Indonesian coach going around Spain and doing the exact same exercise that they used to do in, in China. They do in China and, and he still does the same when they go to a coaching uh, a clinic. So it's uh, what's uh, the same. No? Then that, that, that goes to my thinking, okay, if you want to become a, a champion, you cannot copy what, you, what they're doing in another countries. You can be inspired by, but not copy. Because it's like you, when you buy a, a, a counterfeit, you know, like a, a, a fake watch, you know, it's, it's, it's never better than the original. So my, my, my coaching philosophy when I started in 2004 and I started giving some uh, um, clinics to coaches is, okay, we have been following this Asian philosophy for many years and where, where are we? How many methods do we have? How good are we? Uh, and, um, and the answer was, we don't have medals. We are no good. Of course, we had some good players. It was uh, Jose Antonio Crespo, uh, Sergio Llopis, uh, etc. They, they qualified for the Olympics. But the, I, 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 I asked questions to all coaches in, in, in these uh, courses. It was, uh, we, we have been doing that for many years. Um, I think it's time to think about a change, uh, doing things in a different way. What's the worst thing it can happen? That we still have zero medals, that we still are bad, that we still don't have uh, the level, but we need to try things different because we cannot copy. We have to create our own product. Um, and that was, uh, I mean, yeah, philosophically, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's like a very nice sentence, but uh, there's some, some many things behind that. When you come in as a new coach in 2004, and as you say, you're an average player in Spain, yeah. <clears throat> how easy is it then to go in and tell everyone yeah. that you, we need to change this concept completely? Because I, I know better. I imagine that's pretty pretty damn difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I got uh, yeah I got in trouble many times. I mean, it's um, actually I had a lot of rejection from uh, from players. I had a rejection from uh, coaches who were working there for, for many years, from most part of the board. Uh, but, um, but I strongly believe that we had to change that because it was, the data is there. It's, uh, we, we are bad. Hey, guys, we're bad. We're not going anywhere. So uh, we need to do things in a different way. It's not about that I, I know better. But I, what I know is that we, we're not good. So let's try to build up something different. But it was very, very, very difficult, I can tell. Yeah, I can, I can imagine. But now you also, you mentioned data yourself. Uh, yeah. And if I'm correct, then you're, you're, you have an education in uh, sports science, right? I am a doctor in sports science, yes. Yeah, all right. So is your philosophy also based quite a bit on data? I could imagine when, when you have that kind yeah, of uh, part of it. educational part background. Of it. Yeah, part of it. In, in, in my view of badminton and, and, and anything, it's, uh, I mean, for me, badminton, there are four p pillars. 
but I think that's uh, mainly for everybody. It's uh, tactical. For me, tactic, tactics, it's the most important thing. But if you don't have the techniques to, uh, the tools to solve the, the tactical problems, then you, you go nowhere. But also you, you, you need the, the support of the physical training um, because uh, you need to do, uh, you, you need to um, um, make better decisions. And if you're tired, your decisions are, are affected by. But also uh, to build up, or prepare your body to um, uh, learn new techniques to solve these uh, tactical problems. But also when you uh, approach a, a different uh, training and different uh, tactical problems and then different techniques, you need a, a mental approach. Uh, so it's, uh, it's like a, this process, uh, the integration and synchronization of the process is what my coaching philosophy is. But then the, the mental thing, of course, you, you, you all seen Carolina, which is actually mentally very strong. Um, but it's not only on court because she's very, uh, competitive it's it's the mental approach when you um when you get out of your comfort zone when you make uh, uh, different trainings when you are developing new uh tactical approaches or new concepts uh, which are no uh, very comfortable in women singles and then use them in the important moments you know so uh, these four pillars are base are the base of my this are my this is my foundation you know and uh, concerning the data of course for me uh, this is uh, i think in my opinion the, the way i see it, it's an advantage i can have i mean it's a lot of work the another kind of analysis we do but now we have support from uh, engineers that are uh, automatizing a lot of things that we used to do manually. And, uh, and that's, <laughs> that's wonderful <laughs> because it just saves a lot of time. <laughs> uh, I can imagine. I know from some of the Danish uh, coaches that they are really asking for uh, yeah, some help in, in that area because it costs so many hours to just yeah, analyze yeah, one match yeah. when you need all the data. Yes. If the, the way we analyze it, 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 it takes the, almost the double of the length of the of the of the match of course we have we get a lot of data a lot a lot mm. but um then of course you have you 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 need to know what what how to translate the data how to analyze the data and how to translate these data into uh words that move or uh, create emotions in carolina so that's uh, some kind of part of uh, the, 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 the artistic part of our job i think yeah and I also imagine with the data that if you're, for example, analyzing an opponent, you, mm -hmm. you say that it takes maybe double the time of the actual match mm -hmm. length, but you cannot only yeah. do it for one match because if you need data to make sense, you need to have like yeah, a, a large yeah. lump of uh, data. Yeah, we have a database, like a big one, very, very large. And um, we, we use a different, different opponents within the same opponent in different uh, um, uh, situations, uh, different... Um, uh, speed shuttles, like in the drift, with the drift, in big uh, events, in uh, in big uh, halls. So uh, all all these uh, affect uh, the the performance of the players. So yeah, we have a lot of filters and a lot of uh, information about all that. Now uh, you you spoke about these four pillars you have in your in your coaching uh, philosophy, and I give that you probably see yourself in a, as an expert on example for example the uh, technical and tactical uh, part mm -hmm. but in terms of for example the physical and also the mental part yeah would you uh, are you like 
very hands-on kind of a coach or do you also like to give that away to someone who's maybe specializing in, in physical training or yeah, mental preparation? I have, I started in 2004 as a physical uh, trainer and uh, assistant coach. So I, at that time I could do that, but um, I have uh, became a, I have become a, a badminton coach rather than a, a physical trainer in a way that physical training has changed a lot, a lot. I am very lucky to be surrounded by professionals. Uh, at the beginning, I, I used to do everything by myself, but uh, that's not the ideal. So we have a, um, a physical trainer who is very, very good. And what I do, I know, I know what he does. I understand what he does because I have the, the, the knowledge. Of course, he has uh, much more knowledge than I do. Way more. Uh, but that, that's a good thing. I mean, I, I, I tend to choose people who know more than me because uh, this, I think this is the, the way to, to enrich the, the team. But I know what I know. It's, uh, I know how to um, coach Carolina. I know about technical and tactical, which is my, my, uh, my, my field of expertise. And I try to understand the needs of uh, the players for future development. And to, uh, I think I, I can be very good in, in asking the right questions to the physical trainer so that he thinks about what would be the develop, physical development um, coming along with these uh, tactical and technical uh, developments. So it, what, what I told you before is a synchronization of everything. Otherwise, um, it's, uh, it, I think uh, all coaches can do uh, tactics or technical training or even physical and mental can motivate and so, but doing in a, in a, a synchronic way and, uh, and, and tailor-made for, for each player, I think this is the most difficult thing. And this is where, where the process is it's really rich and the process is really even entertaining because uh, at the end of the day, we're gonna start, uh, we're gonna train, we're gonna go in this process for a long time. The tournament is just one week. The final is just one day. And, and the success is, is just the day after you, it, it's, it's already gone. But then you have to find the right, a right process. Otherwise, it's become bad. It's, uh, the motivation is difficult. Um, yeah, and I have talked to the training, uh, physical training, but also the mental training. I think the coaches need to have uh, uh, knowledge about how to find gaps in the players, where, whether it's a male or female, feelings and emotions to... Um, to move them, to uh, um, uh, to change uh, the, the, the a bad tendency or a bad uh, a moment in the in the game, but uh, it's not easy because uh, we're all different, and uh, I think uh, being very uh, careful, very uh, um, um, paying a lot of attention to these. Uh, little gaps or little windows that Carolina opens sometimes, hey, this is my moment. Otherwise, um, but I, of course, we, we have, we have a, a mental trainer as well. Yeah. yeah, but it's quite interesting to hear. And to me, it sounds like you're, you're, you're kind of hands-on that you want to be part of all of it, but you're also not afraid of giving away uh, 
your uh, maybe not your control, but give away the uh, um, the responsibility to guys who actually know more than you. And I also I also know that you before you became uh, the national coach in Spain, you mm. went abroad for a few years, right? So my yes. my picture of you was already before this interview that you're you're quite open minded and you you want to have input from as many people around you as possible and then yeah maybe find your own way in all that uh, in all those advices and and new learnings you have is that is that correct or am I far yeah not not only I'm not afraid of uh, giving up the responsibility I'm keen on because uh, let's let's think that. Um, the important the center of the process are the players so the best thing you can do is just to give to provide them with the best possible uh, professionals you can get so I know my limits I think this is very important and um, in my philosophy and this is what I what I told my um, my Anas my assistant coach and uh, Guillermo the, the, the physical trainer Maria the mental trainer okay if we're gonna, everything starts from tactics. So this is what we're gonna go for the last, for the next month, or the next two months. That implies developing in this and this and this and this. What do you think, Maria, your mental approach will be, or Carolina's uh, the development should be concerning these uh, areas? And uh, Guillermo, what do you think about uh, how could, could develop uh, for instance, um, uh, uh, increase the performance in long rallies and the, and the rally after the long rallies. So, um, and this is something that I, 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 I ask a lot of questions to my, uh, my, my colleagues. And uh, I'm, as I told you, I'm, I'm very keen of listening what, what they are because they are the experts. And if I, if I have them in the team, this is their responsibility. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I don't have people in my team to tell me that I am right. Actually, that would be a very bad, uh, a very bad situation. I, I have them to, to actually to help the process. And, and this is uh, what a team is, I think. really interesting Fernando to uh, to hear all your thoughts about this and I'm sure all the coaches I have that are listening to this podcast they will be uh, very inspired uh, by it I want to change the subject a a little bit I, I want to talk uh, about the uh, the big moments you've experienced on court with the uh, Carolina mm-hmm. um, but there's been so many uh, and we, we only have one hour for, uh, for this podcast so I, I've chosen only a, a few that I want to talk to you okay. about uh, and uh, like the, the first one that, that I think, at least when I look at Carolina's career, and I've been following it since the start as well, uh, is of course the, the World Championships win in uh, 2014 in Denmark. Because for me, that was kind of the big breakthrough. Uh, mm-hmm. At the tournament, she was only seeded nine. And yeah. if I remember correctly, she had never won a big tournament. She won maybe the London Grand Prix gold the year before, but yeah. she didn't win mm-hmm. on the Super Series Tour. So I see that as like, that was a, a statement win. And uh, uh, yeah, the win where you saw that okay, this girl she actually has the uh, yeah, ability to. Of course, it is one of the biggest ones, but to become one of the the best players. But I'm quite interesting interested in hearing. Did, did you think at the time we started playing in Belarus in 2014 that you had a possible world champion uh, on court? A medalist, yes. 
Yeah, I can tell you the story. I mean, and, and it's also you can you can go to the Spanish Federation website, and it's uh, there is a video stating um, a video of me saying what were what were the the goals of the season, and the goal of the season was to have a medal in 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 twenty fourteen. So uh, it was not uh, by chance. We we had a very good preparation of the of the tournament. And it, it is true that the draw was difficult, and it was uh, one Yihang second second round, if I remember correctly. Right. Karina uh, had never won, beaten a, a, a Chinese top player, never. But in my opinion, and and according to my my view of matching the the, the playing styles, I think it was the best draw ever for her, because uh, because yeah, Wang Yihang was a. Uh, um, a very consistent player, but very predictable, very very predictable. And also a few days before, um, it was, we were training in the in the main venue, and I I had the feeling that there was a, 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 a she was having an argument with changing, hmm. and uh, I talked to Anas and I said, yeah, "There's something something going on with uh, with uh, with her." So I think I think we have a chance. We we we. We had I don't know how how many thousand um, uh, strokes analyzed from her, and uh, and we did a very good preparation. The the like Carolina after the match told me, it's, it's like I had played this match before. I think the the first set, the second set, I remember it was twenty one nine. It was yeah, it was, uh, it was, nine, it was nine all over. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, So it was uh, it was a. An incredible match. So that that gave her the boost to to go all, all all the all the way up to the to the gold medal. Um, and it's not like she had easy opponents afterwards. I looked it no, up no. yesterday, and I could see that she had Tai Su Ying in the match. Tai Su Ying, no, and then it was uh, PV Sindhu in the semifinals, and then Shuri. Shuri was uh, one of the, the the probably the most beautiful moments in my coaching uh, approach. Because um, we had a very clear uh, game plan, so it was not not to play to the round the head corner. You can play, you put pressure on the on the, on the forehand uh, back line and then and then open space. But um, it was uh, yeah, it was difficult. It was a final. It was uh, uh, the favorite was so Shuri, and uh, she was tied because uh, um, she was tied. But I remember she was seven down, seven eleven down, and and I said, "Hey, um, do you have do you, do you have in mind what you have to do?" And she said, "Yes, but everything is going too slow. Um, so it's okay. But uh, you know, in a few minutes, that, that's going to be a flag. That's going to be an anthem, and it's, it's up to you whether it's going to be Spain or it's going to be China." Because if you know what you have to do, just do it. Mm. And I, I always like to ask the same question. You're in the final. What's the worst thing you can do? Uh, it can happen, sorry. But you lose, just, just go, go for it. But the day, the day before, the day before when, because our goal was, no, two days when, when she beat Tai Tzu Jin, it was actually, that was a thriller because she was nine, 19 all in the second set, I think. And there was, uh, I think Tai Tzu Jin missed one shuttle. It was uh, having, having uh, won the first set. Um, then, then she found herself in the semifinals. And in the evaluation of the match, I said, okay, 
I was teasing her, you know, uh, she's very easy to tease when, when competition comes, you know, mm. I said, okay, just, we had already the, the goal. Then we have the medal. Then now you have to choose the color you want. And she said, I don't think, I, not, not even after a second, I want gold. So, uh, yeah, I said, okay, let's go for gold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good decision. <laughs> I think I, I read that quote before that you uh, you asked her which uh, national anthem she wanted to hear yeah. on the yeah on the podium, uh, and it made me think because you've been in a lot of high pressure situations with Carolina, also Olympic mm. final and another two uh, world championship finals. In in a situation like that, do you see it as as a coach? Is it more important to? speak to a player's mindset than talking about tactical adjustments because I, i feel that you you're a coach that has a very uh you're very well prepared you have a very strict game plan that you you know what needs to happen and your player knows it as well so is it more important mm-hmm. in those situations instead of adjusting your tactics but actually to speak to the, the player's uh, mindset and get them in, in the right mindset Definitely. If you don't have the right mindset, mindset, you you can you can uh, talking about tactics is like talking in Chinese to to Carolina. It's like she doesn't understand anything because nothing is coming in, nothing is coming in, and nothing is coming out. Obviously. Um, so yeah, sometimes it's uh, but the, the the approach I use to set a, a, a correct mindset is different. Sometimes it's just talking nicely. Sometimes it's just listening. Sometimes I'm yelling, so uh, it, it depends on the situation. But I, I can, and 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 sometimes I I, I just uh, choose the wrong one, you know. But uh, of course, it's it's part of the of, of the game. But I, I make mistakes as well. Um, but I remember in the in 2015 semifinals, uh, she was playing bad. She had the focus on the umpire. Uh, she was uh, arguing with the empire all along, and uh, and uh, and the, the the match was was just going in a different direction. So um, uh, it, it was against uh, Sung Ji Hyun. I think she was uh, losing 13-8 in the third set. It's a terrible match, terrible match, and I had tried everything. And all of a sudden, I just stood up and I said, hey, just stop talking to the umpire. Just fight for it. Fight. <laughs> Because you are not going to... Sunji Hyung is not going to give you away the match. If you want to win, you have to get it. And then <laughs> she scored 10 points in a row. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so, so that's in that moment... Where you just you pat yourself on the back and say, okay, uh, yeah, I did so a good job. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was, it was that I remember this match as a, as a one of mo- the most difficult matches to go to coach Carolina because she was so destructive. Uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, I I briefly mentioned also the Olympic final, and that's the the second tournament mm-hmm. that I, I want to uh, to talk to you about. Oh, sorry, I just forgot one question. Actually, it just came to my mind yeah. in 2014 because for you as a coach. Of course, the, there was already a huge development from 2004 to 2014 with yeah. you as a head coach. Yeah. But I imagine that World Championship gold in uh, in Denmark was also a big moment for you to kind of uh, yeah. prove to everyone that okay, what you actually set in motion 10 years earlier, yeah. yeah, it also gives the results that that you believed. 
yeah that changed the the i mean i have to say that to become the coach i i became uh, i had to go to a beijing olympic games that changed my uh, my life um watching the i mean i i was there with pablo avian and joana martinez joana martinez won one match it was the first match uh, won by a spanish player at the, at the olympics so it was like a, a success uh, but it was a success actually um that was the success we we could have at that time um and what i i watch all matches i was all all day in the in the hall and uh, I, I, I got very impressed with the men's the men doubles uh, match, the final, uh, Indonesia against China was a fantastic match. Yeah. It was so thrilling, so thrilling that I told my colleague, I want to be there. Okay. I, I want to be, is where? In an Olympic final. And he was laughing about that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I said, I was very serious. I said, what are you laughing about? Yeah, so what, what are you going to, to, to coach in China or something? No, 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 I have Carolina. It, that was 2008. Carolina came to the National Center in 2007. And, uh, and he told me, what, 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 I, what, what are you going to do? I said, yeah, I'll do what it takes, but I want to be there. This is what I, what I want to do. This is something that I, now I know what I, this is, uh, this is what I, and then I reorganize all my spaces in all my, uh, my, uh, priorities in life uh, I had to, to give away many things but uh, I, I, I had a clear focus on what we want to do and then I prepare a project and I present it to the to the Federation and uh, I studied a lot with uh, the, the champions deep to, to become champions and uh, first of all you need to I think um, correct me if I'm wrong but I think the only Olympic champion who was not seated was Taufik maybe uh, yeah, you, I, you might I don't. Right. I, I don't know. I'll, I'll buy that. I don't. Yeah, yeah but yeah, you can, you can, you can imagine because so fake is so fake, you know. But uh, yeah. um, I think that there has been only two uh, Olympic medalists, no seated. So I said, okay, the first thing we need to go is for, for seating. What to do for seating? Then you go and say, okay, you have to go to these tournaments because you need so much points and so and so and so. And then we, I mean, it was a strategy, and and, uh, and then. In 2014, it was the first time Carolina was seated in a, in a world championship. So actually, it was as planned, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, imagine for me, that was uh, very fulfilling and, uh, and I was, uh, um, but you know what? I, I, I had a, a lot of dif many difficulties because people was trying to sabotage the project and uh, yeah, because uh, we are Spain, we can't win medals. And so um, after this meeting, when I presented the, the project, people said, this guy's crazy, uh, yeah. uh, that's, that's not possible. No? And after 14, there was some comments uh, uh, in relation to, to, to this meeting and said, yeah, remember, we thought you were crazy. And I told him, yeah, I am a little bit. Otherwise, I couldn't be, couldn't, you know, I couldn't be uh, doing this, you know. But it also says a lot about what it takes to produce world-class results. It wasn't something you planned in one year or two years. You're actually no, no. planning this yeah. six years before it's the World Championship came and yeah. eight years before the Olympic gold. But I have to be honest. I mean, I have... Uh, um, I have been inspired by uh, Danish uh, badminton, of course, and Chinese badminton in different in different ways. 
but I was going into a, a journey that I hadn't been before. So I, I didn't know it was, everything was very new to me. So sometimes it was asking people, sometimes it was, it, it was common sense. And sometimes it was asking people and say, okay, but I wouldn't do that because I want to do it different. I need to do it different because I can't copy this, you know, mm. what I told you at the beginning, you know, and uh, it's been amazing. It's been amazing. very tough. I have to have to admit, but um, it's, it's, you know, when Carolina scores the last point every time, it's like, a yes, <laughs> everything makes sense. You know, like everything I have given up makes sense. So it's like the confirmation that every effort we make, everything we say no, but I would like to do, uh, it's, it's worth it. Yeah, yeah. I, I imagine that feeling must be almost the same as, as for a player when you win that, that final point because you, you put in the same kind of effort as just in a, in a different way. Of course, you don't do the exact mm -hmm. things on court, but you also you yeah. maybe even invest more hours because of all the, the preparation that you have to do. I think it's different, different because uh, I, yeah, the preparation, I invest hours, but Carolina has to in invest the hours uh, taking care of her body. So she's, uh, she's a player 24 seven, you know, so. Uh, yeah, you don't necessarily have to be a coach 24 seven. Exactly. Mm, yeah. All right. Before we uh, change the, the subject, I just want to talk briefly about the Olympics as well in, uh, in 2016. Yeah. Because uh, that's for me another like major milestone, and I'm sure it is for uh, for both you and and Carolina as well. I was in Rio as a uh, commentator for Danish TV. Uh, I was uh, doing commentary on all of Carolina's matches, and what I remember from that event was that I was blown away by the speed she played at. Like I, mm. I also remember I wrote a long uh, post on Facebook after the tournament about what was good and bad in the tournament, and I said that Carolina was the one in uh, the entire tournament in Rio that set new standards for her discipline. I felt like she mm -hmm. played at a pace that you hadn't seen before in, in women's singles. Mm -hmm. And actually sometimes mm -hmm. I felt like she was playing too fast to what made her self feel, feel comfortable. Yeah. But w w was it something that you had worked on exactly that to, to play at a higher pace yeah. than, than what we yeah. had seen before? Yeah, yeah, so that, that was a goal. Actually, we have, um, if, if you compare the Olympics to the uh, 18 World Championships, which is actually a, a, a milestone in, in speed and, uh, um, and, and the, the rest time between the points, it's, 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 uh, that was one of the things I, I was talking to the physical trainer. Hey, we, we need to go, we need to go faster for longer. And uh, and actually, uh, I remember Steen Pedersen was uh, was uh, helping us uh, at some point uh, the, during the process, and and he was he <laughs> he, he was saying me that was a Sunday Sunday morning last uh, season of the session sorry of the of the week and said I can't see any men single players finishing the week that Carolina has 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 done. It was very, very, very tough. Very tough training. She was she was in pain all the time. But um, yeah, but uh, I mean, she was doing everything that was required. So she has an she had such a strong desire to become Olympic champion that she didn't ask a question. Why is that? I, I remember having a, a briefing uh, before uh, 
we started uh, training for the Olympics at eight. We had, we, uh, that's the tactical topics. We, we were doing a lot of overcovering in the net. And, um, but uh, at the same time, when you overcover, then you, you leave something open, then you have to make her feel sure that the speed of movement, that it's gonna uh, make her recover what, what, what's open. So it was a lot of uh, work, um, uh, mental work, uh, tactical work, and the physical work was uh, amazing. Uh, the workload was uh, was tremendous, and um, but yeah, it, it was it was. Uh, if you see the last the last five rallies of uh, of the final, especially the last one, she's always always commanding. She's always being proactive. She's uh, even even if it's uh, the, I mean the, the first set. The first set was simply a distraction. Because the speed, um, the, 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 the way she was uh, proactively uh, playing was great. It was great because uh, we, we work a lot of shots and, um, in different situations and, uh, and with different uh, constraints so that uh, she had to adapt to different situations, different uh, kind of, uh, if, I, if I get to the back line, uh, with with this kind of footwork, I can do this and this and this. But then then we can do it with different footwork, and it was a lot of uh, changes, a lot of adaptation, making her flexible, making her um, uh, um, making the right decision in shorter time. In turn, I mean, for me, time is very important. It's like when you train so much, one second for me, it's uh, it's it's just it's like. Uh, making playing like matrix you know like you see the time and use the time in a different way but that that was the goal so to say like maybe i have gone too far and go too much to go too much around the, your question but uh, the thing is that yeah we, we prepare and that was the goal of the of the of the training just go faster and longer and, and, and go faster for longer than, than the rest of the players Moving on to the uh, the third uh, topic, Fernando, uh, I, I want to uh, to talk to you about the development of uh, badminton in Spain. And uh, I mentioned this to you before we uh, we started recording, and uh, you weren't quite as positive as uh, talking about uh, Carolina's wins and uh, and your coaching <laughs> philosophy. You you sounded like yeah. you're you're maybe not so happy uh, with the development in 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 Spain as maybe you you hoped. And if we look at the of course, badminton has developed in Spain. There's no doubt about that. In 2015, your under-19 team won the uh, European yeah. Team Championships, yeah. which is yeah. a huge result for uh, a country like Spain. You beat Germany, Denmark, England, all the yeah. three European powerhouses with the uh, yeah Penelva and Asu Mendy and Isabel Fernandez yeah. on the team as well. Yeah. Right? yeah. And a lot of the questions that I got from listeners uh, was like, why is there no one else than Carolina at the absolute world-class level? And of course, I know yeah. it's not that easy to just produce world-class players, but what, yeah. what, in your opinion, is it that that's still missing in the development of uh, of Spanish badminton to make it kind of a European powerhouse? Mm -hmm. um, I told you before, in my view of, of badminton coaching, it's uh, four pillars, and and I use the word synchronization. I think there are no synchronization in the Federations project. And I think, um, in my view of uh, uh, any association, like, uh, managing any association, it should be always linking um, the top with the bottom. I think from the top, we are at the National Center, we have access to the 
to the best players. Uh, we have a lot of uh, knowledge. We can produce a lot of knowledge. We are actually uh, doing a lot of research in connection to my, for instance, my PhD or another uh, people doing some research. But this, um, this should be connected to and transformed into uh, um, um, educational contents and translated into different levels. And um, that doesn't happen. It happened before and that was the uh, the, the 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 on the, the 19 uh, gold medal was the result of this because we had a very good structure uh, um, commanded by the by the national center going to a, a, a program called Sebusca Campeón it's actually a champion wanted uh, uh, looking for champion whatever but then in connection with the regional centers so in my view, the high performance should be in connection to education. Coach education, it's uh, crucial because um, there's no athlete with, with, uh, emerging from, <clears throat> from nothing. They need, when they grab a racket, to grab it correctly because otherwise correcting uh, a, a ground grip, it's, it takes forever. And it's, uh, it's, it's, to me, it's like a big burden. So, in my view, we have to develop uh, um, one uh, um, better coaches. Second, a culture of clubs and uh, a team matches. But I think it's uh, crucial to have a, um, a good competence between the good competition between the the, the players. Um, I think these these two are are missing and. Um, because we have proved that we can do that. But um, the, the, the real challenge is, is to make that not being news. I mean, I don't know if, if you know what I mean. Is it, okay, that should be the normal thing. But then that makes uh, results in a regular cycle, you know? So what yeah, so do it's we not, need not to just one off where you win the under exactly, exactly. gold medal, but you actually produce yeah. it year after year when you yeah, compete yeah. for the medals yes. at least. To create school, yeah, to create the that methodology just uh, exported to to different to clubs, to regional center, etc. So it has to be a better coordination. Then I think uh, we had at the federation uh, a success managed problem. Uh, when Carolina um, won the, the first world championships, there was like a big problem to the federation with uh, image rights and, uh, and Carolina decided to pay for tournaments and, uh, and the only thing that she got from the federation was my coaching. I, I was paid, I am paid by the federation. But uh, there was like a big war between uh, uh, the, the, the previous president and, uh, and, and Carolina and myself which actually was very uh, unnecessary but um, but uh, yeah i think uh, that uh, stopped the, the development in spain because most of the programs that i was involved in uh, and helping uh, others to increase the, the potential as a coach or the regional center or the the selection talent program uh, all of a sudden i was excluded from everything and I'm not saying that I am I, I, I am the 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 VIP and that no but I can give the the right knowledge because I have it 
because I have proved it and uh, because yeah, I, I was just uh, have about been to in the process. <laughs> yeah, you have, you have proven it pretty uh, significantly. But I was out, outside of everything. So I was, uh, I was uh, confined at the um, uh, National Center coaching her and, and that's it. So the Federation suffer a lot from that. Um, but I'm, now that's going to be a new president that I'm sure that uh, he will solve all these issues. And, uh, and, and I hope, I hope that he understands that we need to synchronize again all the Federation and any actions from any area uh, should take us to the goal. And the goal is to have uh, good players and medals. Yeah, on a consistent basis. Yeah. Do, do you see it as a, maybe sometimes a disadvantage that you come from a very small federation that, as you say, had very sparse success before, and then you get Carolina, who's, she's a superstar, and she's mm. winning a lot. And then obviously, to me, she gets almost all of the attention or a lot of the attention because she's the one that's responsible for getting funding in from the government because she's yes, winning exactly. the medals. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. is, is that part of a, like, is it tricky then to also kind of, uh, yeah, focus on the next level of players that you need to, it is those players you also need to push up in level to, to kind of get this consistency where everyone can, can challenge each other and push each other to, to reach the next level. So is it sometimes a disadvantage that you come from such a small uh, federation and then you have a superstar like Carolina? It, it, it is. It, it is in the way you have, uh, you have said, like, um, I, can't, I have most of my time or 90% of my time goes to Carolina because uh, she needs a lot. And it's not about everything. It's about, about um, managing uh, her uh, manager, uh, the press, uh, mm -hmm. Uh, everything because it, it becomes like a, a monster you know but uh, then there is Anas who is uh, helping everything he can in, in doing that but um, I think the new board of the Federation has understood that we need more people at the National Center and more coaches and, and help and they are, they're working on that because otherwise uh, when Carolina leaves the legacy it's it's gonna leave it's gonna be only the medal she, she's won and that's that, that would be such a pity but coming also from uh, a small federation like uh, like ours, it had it had at the beginning of the process the, a big advantage, is that is as I told you before, Ed, we are bad, we have no medals, we can do anything, we can still allow ourselves to be bad, but we can do things in a different way, you know, and that was kind of funny and uh, to 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 challenge the coaches like, hey, how good are you? How, what, what is your best result as a, as a coach? Uh, it's, it, it was actually most of the best results were nationals. We have to look at the, at the world. Spain is very small, you know. Um, so that was an advantage as well. Final part of this interview, uh, Fernando, because I've uh, taken uh, yeah, a lot of your time already. Uh, so we will, uh, we will move on to uh, the listener questions. Uh, and okay. I think apart from uh, when I had Tony Gunawan on, I think you set a new record in the number of questions uh, I got. There was a lot of uh, great ones. Okay. Uh, yeah, really interested in, uh, in, in hearing some of your input. Uh, I have uh, chosen... Uh, uh, one from uh, Jordan Hart. Uh, she's a mm -hmm. Welsh player. 
Uh, and she's asking about uh, a question related to the documentary that you and uh, Carolina, or mm-hmm. maybe it's just Carolina, is doing on uh, Amazon. Uh, and it's not out yet. Mm-hmm. It's on the 9th of October. Okay, yeah, all right. I think most of us, we have seen this uh, scene where you are talking to Carolina about uh, yeah. if she wants to be extraordinary, she she can't do all the normal things. And yeah. It feels like that you're you're kind of saying that she's losing focus uh, a little bit if she wants to produce the results as winning worlds and Olympics. Mm-hmm. And in terms of that, then Jordan is asking, were you worried or were you more like apprehensive about allowing Amazon to film a documentary about Carolina and the work you do with her? Because it's also uh, something that takes away focus from from the training because you, you need to mm-hmm. do the interviews you need to have the cameras around all the time so so was it a concern mm-hmm. for you actually allowing no, this uh, no to... not at all not at all because um they've been uh, filming that for one year and um and after after some time we uh we, we established a very nice relationship with the with the team with the director jorge and um most of the time we didn't know they were there so, so actually, what it's uh, what appears in the in in the documentary, it's it's hundred percent real. There's none. There's no uh, script. There's uh, it's something that it's 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 real. This conversation it happened and it happened with the hidden cameras, and it's uh, much longer. In the first, it's, it's the end of the first chapter. I'm not gonna do uh, any spoiler, but it's uh, it's a very very nice. It's uh, I think uh, they have chosen just a little bit of the of the conversation. But the conversation is just, just in my view of things. It's like, okay, of course you can have some leisure, of course, but it has to be compatible with the things you say you want to become. Otherwise, you have to choose between one or the other, but you can't have everything. So it, it's just uh, like uh, <laughs> sometimes I'm sure I'm very annoying to Carolina because uh, I, I tell her things that probably nobody else does, but it's. It's, I, I explained to her like, hey, for as long as you say you want to become the best player in history, I have to tell you these things. The, the day you decide that you don't want that anymore, just please let me know. If you want to become your European champion or national champion, I'm going to treat you in a different way. But if you want to become the best ever player, and when you retire, you still are the, 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 the best player in history. Hey, you know the way. You have done it already. It's not going to be easier than the first time. So, come on. On the contrary, it's often more difficult to yeah, stay difficult. at the top, right? Because everyone yeah. is, is chasing your head, kind of. Uh, yeah, exactly. All right, second question is from... Uh, uh, Lydia Jane Powell, she has a profile called Badminton by Lydia. She's a coach in, in England now, former player as well. Mm-hmm. And she is, uh, she's asking what you see as your biggest strength uh, as, a, as a coach. My strength as a coach? Um, okay, I think I am good at translating data into emotions. I mean, uh, as a, in, in, the, in the coaching moment, okay? In the coaching process, uh, creativity, and uh, and uh, I think it's uh, it would be uh, I, I can define myself as a very creative man, um, and also I can I can see how uh, things that had not been done before can fit into Carolina's system. So I can innovation, creativity, 
and and the other is more in the coaching moment. It's a reading the situation and, and translate what's happening into the this little gap we, we talked about before and say, hey, now I have this gap. Let's put the right mindset and then I, I'll, we, we can talk about tactics. All right, fair enough. And the final question, uh, yeah. Fernando, is from uh, Sune Gaunholt, one of uh, okay. the up-and-coming coaches here in uh, in Denmark. He's, uh, and I know this is a, a kind of a broad question, uh, but uh, yeah, you can answer as briefly as you can. Uh, he, he asked, are there things you would do differently when you coach men compared to women? Yeah. Well, first of all, communication, different. Um, uh, the, the, the way men understand things is different than the, the, the way women understand things. Um, when I talk to uh, a man, and I, I hope this doesn't go to the um, a gender problem. This is the way I see it and the way I, I do it and it, it, it works all right. I tend to go more um, uh, logical with uh, guys and more emotional with, uh, with girls. Okay, this is, um, this is one of the things. Second thing, when, when, I, um, when I explain uh, exercise to a girl, uh, to, let's talk to Carolina. I have to tell her exactly why she's doing that. So it's more exigent uh, coaching girls, in my opinion, than boys. Because in my, in my view, a woman needs to understand why she is invested time in doing something and where she is going to get in return. So for me, it's very important to make that very clear. In a tactical point of view, um, of course, the, 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 the game is structured in a different way. Things happen, uh, uh, more longer rallies in, in, uh, in men's singles, apparently faster, apparently, say, because uh, there's a, a, in my opinion, there's a controversy about uh, the speed of the, uh, um, you know, the, the frequency of the shots. Um, many people think that because they're more, more frequent in, in men's singles, it's more intense. If you are playing net, 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 it's very a lot of frequency, but the intensity of the game is not. Uh, so I, I think it's more related to tactics, in my opinion. Um, in women's singles and men's singles, uh, the beginning of the of the match is different. Um, things and then the moment where the where the, um, uh, the match breaks is different. So. The, the, the beginning of the training with men's singles and, and women's singles should be different. The complexity of the exercise should be different. Um, so, um, yeah, we, we could talk a lot about that. Yeah, we could talk for hours about that, I'm sure. But that, <laughs> yeah. that was great, great advice, Fernando, and a great, great answer to the question. And uh, now we've also been going on for uh, a little less than an hour. So uh, I think we should uh, call it a day and, uh, and, and start okay. with you. And then uh, okay, I can ask all, all the other questions in a second episode, maybe uh, some other time. Okay, that's no problem. <laughs> Thank you Thank so you much, much for uh, yeah for taking time out of your busy uh, schedule to uh, to talk to me and uh, all my listeners. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to a year on tour with Vittinghus. If you enjoyed the show, please rate, share and leave a comment in iTunes or your preferred podcast app.